Good morning, folks. It is Barclay back in for Beck today. And boy, oh boy, do we have much to discuss. Yeah, there's lots going on in the world. And even though we take breaks and we take vacations and much needed at times, I got to tell you, uh, yet we still, the world keeps moving. Got to stay on top of it. We do our best today. We got big news out of the Maxwell verdict yesterday. We're going to get to that. There is news, of course, out of Florida about the Biden administration playing politics. Not them. Not the Biden administration playing politics with your lives when it comes to treatment and uh, the mandates and more. We're going to get to all of it this morning. Appreciate you being here. Justin Barkley in for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck program. Life is about being active. Whether it's about going on your daily tasks or exercising, you know you're well when you're regularly active. But what happens when being active actually hurts by the end of the day? This is the position I found myself in a number of years ago. Everything I wanted to do in my daily life, all of the activity it called for was held captive to almost constant nagging pain. When I heard about Relief Factor, I was skeptical, but my wife said, give it a chance. Not long after I took it, I could feel the pain begin to melt away and i've been taking it ever since and i can tell you that relief factor has helped me get my life back i love that it's not a drug but it was developed by doctors and about 70 percent of the people who try it go on to order more your first step to becoming pain-free just might be ordering a three-week quick start for only 1995 go to relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief 800 for relief or relieffactor.com find out all about this offer and feel the difference It's Justin Barkley and for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck program. And you can follow me, by the way, anywhere on all the social medias at Mr. Justin Barkley, Justin Barclay, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y dot com. If you want to send me an email, uh, love to hear from you. The the stories uh, don't stop. You take a, you take a break, you take a vacation. It used to be, I didn't talk about this, but, you know, you'd have a little vacation and the Christmas time roll around, even Thanksgiving, and then you would get to take a little break. Well, you might. You might even walk on the beach. Like uh, Biden. <laughs> Joe and Joe were out on the beach. I don't know if you saw this. Joe and Joe were out on the beach. Uh, Joe's got a mask. They're all by themselves. They got the dog. Uh, I think his name's Commander, the German Shepherd. And they're, they're walking. It's a romantic stroll on the, the white sandy beaches of, I think they're in Delaware, at his beach house, as we, as we still see uh, record numbers of COVID cases. All-time record-breaking numbers in cases in the United States. And this guy's strolling on a beach on vacation. Far cry from the previous president. There's a lot of people talking about how much golf he played. But he, I think he worked like every day getting the job done. Regardless of presidents' personalities and who you prefer, the reality is uh, the numbers are higher. The deaths not just the cases, but the deaths now are higher under this president in the past uh, with, this, with this pandemic. And this guy is walking out on the beach. And one of the things that people caught, I think, uh, right off the bat was he had a mask on. <laughs> the guy had a, he had like a surgical mask on on the beach with his stroll. Now, Jill didn't. 
But the resident himself, I call him a resident because he, you know, I, I don't, he may live part-time at that big White House, but I don't think he's really in, in charge. I think there's other people pulling the strings. But my point is, is, you know, the optics are one thing. Who's in charge and what's happening? That's another. What's actually going down? And will there really be accountability for any of the things that we see nowadays? I saw a story, um, and we'll get into this a little bit later on in the program, but I saw a story about uh, Fauci and how much the high priest of health is making, and it's over 430-something thousand. Last year, maybe maybe this year, it's even more. He had a 20,000 bump year to year from 19 to 20. But that, that wasn't what... What really struck me, he's the highest paid federal employee in the entire government. He's the highest paid federal employee. But they had a story about his pension the other day and how much he'll get paid. It's incredible. When Trump talked about the deep, deep state or the swamp, this is what he meant. He talked about these people who are just ingrained in the system. They're not going anywhere. There's no accountability, and that's partially why we see a problem with this. Not just in this situation, but all over, throughout government. There's no accountability. The government will do whatever it wants to do. Whoever's in charge does whatever they want to do, regardless of what law says. It's a post-law world that we live in. And why? I mean, why would there be any law? Why would we follow any sort of moral code? Why would we live up to any of the values or principles? Who's going to do anything about it? I mean, this resident has told everyone that they must go out and have a medical treatment done. Whether you agree with this or not, look, I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm just making the point. He's told people, everyone, you're pregnant? No, you got to go out and get it. Get the jab. Maybe you have previous issues in your health history, and, and maybe it's not the best choice for you, and you've discussed this with your doctor. It doesn't matter. Joe Biden knows best. Now, the Supreme Court is set to take this up. They say, what, January 7th, I believe they'll hear oral arguments on this, and we'll get a little bit more in-depth on what happens next there. But I'm not holding my breath. I don't know about you. I think a lot of us are feeling this way and in the same boat these days because you've seen it time and time again. You've seen issues with election integrity, and there aren't any answers. You've seen issues where the government themselves have ripped people off. I mean, I've got a story here in Michigan. It's crazy. The governor here, not only did she lock people down all throughout the chaos the last couple of years. Not only did she shut businesses down, tell mom and pops they couldn't operate. 
while the big box stores stayed open and very profitable. But she also told people what they could and couldn't buy at those stores. It's incredible. You could go to a weed shop, yes, because it's legal here, the pot shop, but you couldn't buy potted plants in a garden center at the big box store, seeds or anything like that, to grow your own garden. Liquor store, wide open. Folks told they needed surgeries just so they could stay alive. Those surgeries postponed because they were called not essential. And yet, abortions were performed on demand. And have we had any accountability here for that? No, we've had none. She faces an election this year, so she's backed off of some of those things and kind of quietly slipped away. While some in her party are calling for mask mandates and all kinds of other things here, especially as we've seen record numbers of cases, and we'll get into all that a little bit later on too, but um, she's quietly biding her time, waiting, just hoping that you and I forget and that no one holds her accountable. The numbers are staggering. $12 billion. That's how much in fraudulent unemployment the state paid out. That's the new story. $12 billion. Folks, we don't have a problem when it comes to raising money or revenue here in this country. Tax dollars, yours and mine. I mean, they, they have no problem dipping into your pocket. The problem we have is how much money we're spending. It's staggering. And there's, again, no accountability for any of this. So uh, when, when we look at what's happening in the world around us today, it's no wonder people are frustrated. It's no wonder people are fed up. Feeling hopeless and helpless. I think part of that is by design. So today, partially, yes, we will acknowledge the problem. I'm not going to bury my head in the sand and act like it doesn't happen or it's not doesn't exist. But here's, here's the, the truth. There are good things happening, too. We'll talk about those good things. We'll shine a light on them. We'll tell you what you can do. Because I think part of what we're seeing play out here today in this country, if not the world, is... Really, the psychological operation that it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you think. You've got to follow the rules. Unless you're one of the chosen. <laughs> you get to make the rules. Then the rules are for thee and not for me. Just like our governor, who again was telling restaurants how many people could sit at a table together. Everyone's got to wear masks. So she's caught, busted, time after time again. Breaking her own rules. Just like Governor Gavin Newsom out in California, Cuomo in New York, all these people, supposed leaders, who again skate through with very little accountability. We'll talk about that coming up. And more accountability, specifically in this case, Maxwell. The verdict out yesterday, guilty on five of the six counts. Will there be any real accountability? And is this maybe a sign of it? Or... Are they sweeping things under the rug in the biggest cover-up possibly of all time, as some have suggested? You'll get it all, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because I believe you need to hear it. To make the best decisions, 
that we can for one another and, of course, for our families. We've got to be fully informed. And that's what we'll attempt to do today. Barkley and for Beck on the Glenn Beck program back after this. If you're looking for a New Year's resolution that is easy to keep, I have just the thing. It's time to do something that will help protect your identity and your personal information. It's time to get LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. LifeLock will alert you to any potential threats to your identity online because you're going to miss certain ID threats if you're only monitoring your credit. And they pay attention to more and will not only notify you if they find threats, things like your information being for sale on the dark web, but also if you do become a victim of ID theft, a U.S.-based restoration specialist is going to help you take the necessary steps to help resolve your case. That's LifeLock. No one can prevent all identity theft, monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock is the New Year's resolution that's easy to keep. Keep you and your family safe and save up to 25% off your first year. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. LifeLock.com, promo code BECK. Save 25%. Barkley back in for back today on the Glenn Beck program and triple eight seven two seven B E C K is the number if you want to join the program at any time. Love to hear from you. Coming up, you're going to hear from a man who was actually at the Maxwell trial. You know, it's interesting because I, I saw this sparsely covered in the news. This is all part of the accountability process. In order to have accountability, we've got to have a press, a free press, who is going to go out and cover the tough stories, the stories that may not necessarily even make themselves look good. we got to go against the narrative. we got to have the truth. Maybe one of the reasons why we didn't hear much about the story, except for at the very beginning, they had some cameras lined up. The networks were there, and they had, uh, you know, Folks there to cover it, and I noticed that the coverage was very slanted. If you watch CNN or MSNBC, as they talked about the Maxwell trial, they would show you pictures of Jeffrey Epstein with Donald Trump. What? And if you watch Fox News, they would show you pictures of Jeffrey Epstein with Bill Clinton. Yeah, the truth is, and I, and I don't, I can't tell you, because I wasn't on that plane. You won't find my name on that list. I can't tell you exactly what happened, but I know that these f- folks that are wealthy and the powerful, they all tend to sort of stick together. Now, there are stories about what Trump witnessed at his club, Mar-a-Lago, and why he booted and banned Epstein from that club permanently i don't know but in order to have real accountability we've got to be able to examine all of it we've got to be able to look at the truth even when the truth hurts and we've got to be able to take a close look and make sure that we move forward holding these folks accountable but the 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 media wasn't really interested in that were they they didn't follow the testimony of the witnesses they didn't follow what was actually said in the testimony of the witnesses We've got one Michigan connection here, actually. One of the women, the soap star, Jane Doe number 
I think it might have been three. Don't hold me that. But one of those women uh, testified that she was picked up, so to speak, and groomed from a very young age at a camp for the arts here in uh, Michigan. It's, it's, it's a worldwide, uh, world-famous camp called in, uh, Interlochen. Now, uh, Epstein apparently was one of the folks that contributed to this camp. They talked about that in the testimony. She talked about how she had just lost her father and her family was struggling. He was a famous composer and I think conductor. And she just wanted to, she just wanted to, I think seeing it was, she just wanted to be a part of the arts. And so they couldn't afford this camp. She was sent there basically on a scholarship that year. But Epstein took a liking to her. And that's when it all began, this, this idea that she would have an opportunity to come around these people, that they cared about her, that he was just a patron of the arts. And that he was there to shepherd her along the way. Because he cared so much about the arts. And then we got into the really damaging stuff. The testimony I don't even really like to talk about or even read about. But it was reported. It was all reported by our next guest. Who spent hours in that courtroom. An independent journalist. Doing the job that CNN and some of the big guys wouldn't do. Releasing those transcripts on his blog. And then we have a chance to read and hear what was happening behind the scenes. My question is, we've got one down here. This Maxwell who aided Epstein in what he was involved in. But from what we heard in some of that testimony, there are many others involved. The question is... Will they be held accountable? Will there be enough? Is there even any political or enough political will to move forward with that? Folks, in order to have accountability, one of the things we must come clean about with ourselves is that we live in a fallen world and there is evil all around us. In fact, when you hear these stories... It's nauseating. It's chilling. Some of the details that are coming out of these stories. That th these people would walk amongst us. And yet they are. And if we bury our heads in the sand and we act like it doesn't exist, then they'll be free. That's exactly what they want. Free to prey on us and our kids. into the future. So part of dealing with this, part of real accountability is facing it, the facts, the good, bad, and the ugly, no matter where it leads us. Asking God for the courage to confront it. Because I know there's a lot I'd rather focus on. There's a lot I'd rather talk about. There's a lot I'd rather think about much more than this absolutely horrifying, nauseating information that's poured out in this trial. And maybe that's part of why the networks haven't touched on it. Maybe that's part of why the networks haven't really run with it. They're too busy 
in our echo chambers trying to feed us what they think we want to hear that will support their narrative and continue to get them the clicks, the ratings that they're looking for. Look, I'm saying things that are true here. I'm, I'm, I don't know how popular some of this stuff is going to be. But they keep feeding us what they think we want to see and hear. And, of course, we come back day after day. But if they don't talk about the things that really matter, if they don't talk about the some of the ugliest of the ugly, then we're doomed to repeat these mistakes over and over again. I don't know about you, but I'm fed up. I've had it. I'm frustrated. I want change. And that takes real accountability. Coming up, we'll talk with a guest who was actually there in the courtroom with Maxwell and the rest. He'll give you the full breakdown behind the scenes. Let's hold him accountable. We continue after this. Barclay in for back today. Justin Barkley on the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You've heard me talking about MyPillow for years and how it's changed the way I sleep. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, fitted me personally for my own MyPillow because I told him, I said, I don't think I really like him. And he said, wait, I think you have the wrong one. Got me the king size pillow. It has changed the way I sleep. It will not go flat. You can wash and dry it constantly and it stays the same amazing shape. You fluff it once before you go to sleep and it's that way. Best of all, it's made right here. So you don't have to worry about, are they going to be MyPillows on the shelves along with the lowest price offer mike is also extending his money back guarantee trial until march 1st of next year so it makes a great christmas gift you can get the standard my pillow for 1998 originally 69.98 a 50 dollars savings and the king size pillow is 10 bucks more go and see all their rotating discounts over 150 my pillow products enter the promo code back 800-966-3117 800-966-3117 it's mypillow.com promo code back your daily antidote to the socialism virus. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. Welcome back in. Barkley and for Beck and the Glenn Beck Program. And always a pleasure to be here with you again. You know, we talking about these stories that seem to be not taking a break for anything uh, these days and this one is a big one it's the maxwell trial and it quietly last night although i guess <sighs> during a holiday break we get the 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 uh, the verdict which i think is kind of interesting in itself there there were stories about why they may not in fact uh, well, they may have to move things up. Why well, there might be a mistrial? The, the we, we got rising COVID cases. The judge is taking a look at all of that and, and trying to weigh it all in. And uh, finally, the jury comes back guilty. Five out of the six counts. There's so much to talk about in this entire story. Let's start to break some of it down with one of the people who was there through it all. His name's Kristan T. Uh, Harrison. He was. Actually, an independent juror or uh, independent journalist in the courtroom, hearing the testimony and releasing much of it on his blog, the RundownLive.com. And of course, Kristan, we appreciate you being here with us today. How are you? 
Hey, Justin. Thanks hey, Justin, for inviting me on the program. And, uh, yeah, it was a very interesting trial. Uh, I'd have to say that yesterday the verdict came down guilty on five of six charges. Uh, I think that the jury did its justice, and she probably deserves a lot more considering the torment that uh, all the victims went through. We even saw victims start to show up during the jury deliberation to wait for the verdict from the jury and their decision. But uh, this case was very interesting. And like you mentioned, we are the only one to release the transcripts of the victim's statements, as well as the Butler and the Kelly McGuire transcript of the FBI raid on Epstein's home on the rundownlive.com. And uh, I guess, where do we start? Uh, I think part of this this story really, uh, Kristan, is maybe in the beginning. I talked about it. Uh, you you discussed this, the the media presence in the beginning. It was kind of strong. Um, there were cameras out in front of the courtroom, but then it's they started to just sort of trickle away day by day. There were less, fewer and fewer. What did you make about that? Well, being a witness in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, as well as having viral footage in the Kenosha unrest and taking the stand, every day when I was in Kenosha at the courthouse, there were tents all over the place, uh, vehicles with satellites stretching to the sky. You couldn't park anywhere near the courthouse. And that's not what I saw at the federal court in New York. What I saw is on the first day, there was a very strong media presence. And then, like you mentioned, it went from, you know, 20 to 30 tripods, and then within a couple days, two or three tripods in front of the courthouse, down to the fact that one Saturday, there was no tripods. In fact, only four journalists showed up, period, uh, for the charging conference that they had on Saturday uh, prior to deliberation. So uh, it was really weird to see all the media show up for the jury deliberation, and they didn't know who the lawyers are, what they look like. They were chasing down random people, taking pictures of them because they couldn't identify who these individuals were because they weren't in the courtroom for the actual testimonies, which blows my mind. I didn't see, uh, I'm not going to name a lot of these networks out there, but, uh, you know, Fox, you know, I didn't see them. The people that were there were like the New York Times, uh, Slate, of course, Vanity Fair, Yahoo News, and then there was a bunch of independent journalists as well, uh, myself included, and uh, a large, strong presence from public individuals and lawyers who lived in the area who had interest in the case. Now, uh, what I make of it is I think that the apples rotten from the core out, and what we saw is when the Atlantic wrote the article that child trafficking is basically fake news, photographs started to surface of the owner of the Atlantic hanging out with none other than Gilan Maxwell. Same thing with CNN. Look at what's happening over there. That's a disgrace. How anyone would want to get their news from that outlet after what we've been seeing come out of there in the last four, five weeks, you know, would blow my mind. And the owner of CNN, his wife, is seen in pictures with Gilan Maxwell. Uh, I, I think that it's uh, this elitist mentality that they can do whatever they want, they can get away with whatever they want, and it's very normalized. We saw yesterday uh, Gilan Maxwell's sister and brother, Kevin Maxwell and Isabel Maxwell, Isabel who took my photograph, by the way, uh, I had no reason, no idea why that was, but uh, they came out and they said that they firmly believe in their sister's innocence and they believe that she will be vindicated, and they've already filed for an appeal. That's how 
brainwashed and ludicrous these uh, leaders are, where they believe they can get away with everything. This is the norm, what Prince Andrew does, Bill Clinton flying around on a jet plane with Epstein, Bill Gates, another big name uh, come t- uh, on his logs. Uh, you know, Donald Trump is another one, which, you know, these are, do any of these names really surprise anyone? Kevin Spacey. I mean, these are all individuals that have been rumored and have had gossip come out that they were predatory. Uh, John Glenn, the astronaut. We know that there's photographs of Elon Musk. Uh, we can all, a lot of your faves uh, and interesting people uh, are on this list with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. The question is, is how many of them were involved in the predatory activity on Little St. James Island that uh, was may have been used for some kind of initiation into elitism or blackmail? Um, and how many of them were actually just doing uh, business with Epstein for uh, selling his you know, estates and his different properties. Yeah, I think that's part of the question. You know, these folks, powerful, wealthy, whoever they are, they do. Birds of a feather flock together in a lot of ways. So some of the question is, are these people, are these people, are they engaged in something more nefarious? Or are they just embarrassed by the fact that they're they're related, they're having their picture taken with these? I mean, I've taken pictures with a lot of different people that, you know, I, I don't necessarily know. Uh, th- th- there's a picture of me, because back in the day, these guys would come around radio tours, and I uh, stopped into a radio tour to do a promotional thing. There's a picture of me with Jared from Subway. Now, <laughs> that was the only time I ever met the guy. And I, I try to, you know, if I can delete that picture somewhere, scrub it off the internet, I probably would. But the question is, is there more to this story? And any time there's an imp- in a, just an appearance of impropriety, it's got to be fleshed out. And we have to know, we need to have accountability when we see stories like this being kind of pushed to the back burner. When we see stories like this not being fully covered, well, that... That's a problem because that doesn't allow us to know exactly what was going on to have full transparency and, and to hold these people accountable. My question is, there was a lot of disturbing testimony and you sat through most of it. Kristan, what was some of the things that were talked about when it, not just Ghislaine here, not just Maxwell, not just Epstein, but some of these other folks? What did, what did those people testify to? And is, are there other people that we do need to know about and need to be looked into? Yeah, the first testimony was Jane Doe. And Jane Doe, as you guys know, is Nadia from Days of Our Lives that came out and was exposed later on. They they literally used her name um, allegedly accidentally in the trial, her real name. And um, it wasn't hard to find her. But she, as well as Kate and Carolyn, the three anonymous girls, and Annie Farmer, whose sister Maria Farmer has been retweeting a lot of my uh, transcripts, uh, all really painted the picture of a grooming culture. It seems as though Epstein and Maxwell would go to Interlock in Michigan, where they have an elite summer camp for promised children who maybe are going to be the next models or TV actors or famous musicians, and it's expensive to go there. And Jane Doe had her interview at 13 years old, Maxwell and um, Epstein identified that her father just recently passed. He was a famous conductor. She left it. She lived in um, Palm Beach, Florida, you know, and they were currently homeless, living in a pool house of a, a close friends of theirs. So they identified first of all that this girl was a uh, had talent that she wanted to be a singer, so they could 
program in their brain that they could be the hero, pay for her schooling, pay for her college, any kind of, uh, you know, special singing classes or acting classes that she may want. Uh, Epstein could come through on that way in a big way. But that was the grooming interview to identify those things and see who was good and easy to be abused. Girls with broken homes, no father figure, mother is, you know, is in distraught. And so they invited her and her mother over to his Florida mansion. And she sang for him and Epstein and uh, her mother had discussions and it wasn't long before she started going to Epstein's alone. Well, another process of the grooming situation is desensitizing the children. So within Epstein's mansion, he had paintings of uh, graphic sexual encounters and orgies and naked women, as well as there would be like topless women in the pool. And this would all start to desensitize the children, including Maxwell and Epstein would bring these girls to rated R movies with explicit sexual scenes, again, desensitizing the children, conditioning them. And then at some Hmm. point, Maxwell would say, it's time to massage Jeffrey Epstein. And the massage room seemed to be where the final grooming process came, where Ghislaine Maxwell would show the girls how to massage Jeffrey Epstein all over his body. And I'll let you use your imagination what that means, leading to gratification, eventually intercourse and uh, orgies in the massage room with the young 14-year-old girl from Palm Beach. And it's gut-wrenching. It made, like, I want to throw up in my mouth just thinking about it. It makes me angry. Yeah, the stories are nauseating. Um, I got to ask you, though, Kristan, and I, I, I'm, I'm, this is sensitive material, but it is material that I, I believe we have to face, we have to confront. Uh, these are some of the things that are, that are happening in our, in our society, and if we don't, they will continue on and on. And it could be your daughter, it could be, and I think about that as a, as a father. I mean, the, the, the sick things that are happening out there. So, was it only Epstein, or did they get into the testimony of, of anyone else engaging? Because we hear all the names uh, that, that are associated with these flights and the trips to the island, etc. Was there anybody else? They point the finger at anyone else. Well, Les Wexner's name came up quite a bit as an enabler um, as well. And uh, it seemed like the prosecution gave a very diet explanation and there was opportunity for the prosecution to name other people that were on the flight logs with, um, you know, Annie, uh, excuse me, with uh, Jane Doe, with Carolyn, uh, with Kate. And even the judge at one point said, you know, you can reveal these identities. They haven't been redacted. And the prosecution, Comey's daughter, basically said, well, there's no need to bring those names up, they're not pertinent to the case, which makes me wonder why they wouldn't, considering they blacked out all these other names in the flight logs, amongst other things. So we don't really know in detail. I think that's another reason why Virginia Roberts didn't testify. I'm really surprised at that, especially because it would bring into the the whole trafficking um, charges. It was a very clear-cut case. You know, Prince Andrews is involved in that one, and there's other people that she would have named that I think would have blown this thing much uh, larger and made it blow wide open. The other interesting thing is that the judge decided not to grant immunity to any of the witnesses. So if you're a witness and you're going to tattle about the bad things happening on Epstein's Island yeah. and uh, you know, you're going to go to jail for it, why wouldn't you just plead the fifth and why would you even take the stand? 
Chris, we got to take a break here, but another thing that happened was that all these records got sealed. We'll talk about that when we come back. How can you have real accountability if you don't have access to all this information? We're not transparent about it. Talk about that. Chris T. Harris joins us at therundownlive.com uh, and the update on the uh, Maxwell verdict yesterday. Again, five out of the six counts guilty. Back with more. Barkley and Beck on the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. Happy holidays from the Fed. They just gave us some, well, somewhat truthful reading about inflation for the first time this year. What a way to wrap up the year, right? Consumer prices and inflation have surged to a 39-year high. It's the fastest pace in nearly four decades. Energy prices up 34%, and you know how fast food costs are rising. We all feel it. On top of that, Biden is now trying to throw another $1.7 trillion into their social and climate plan, which could potentially accelerate inflation even more. At this point, it's just a matter of when and how bad. The U.S. dollar is in extreme peril. Gold and silver are a time-tested and conservative hedge against insanity, unrest, and potential hyperinflation. Call Goldline today. Ask how precious metals can protect what you've worked so hard to earn. Ask Goldline about their special Christmas offers and a very special bonus for listeners of my program. Be proactive. Call today. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Barkley and for Beck, Justin Barkley from uh, Wood Radio and Grand Rapids on the Glenbeck program today. And Cristanti Harris is an independent journalist, therundownlive.com, covering the Maxwell trial, guilty on five out of the six counts. But something else happened that I think is even more important. The judge sealed the records. Cristanti, we only have about 30 seconds, but what does this mean and what happens with accountability moving forward? Well, out of 40,000 uh, images and photographs and videos, they only used 40 in the trial. I think that either they're going to uh, go ahead and prosecute additional people involved with the case or uh, they're hiding something. Her little black book of contacts, her and Epstein, it may never be seen. That That's very possible. Would mean, that would mean quite a bit. Criston. Uh, uh, before we let you go, I want to give you a chance to let people know where they can find you. You had some really interesting things happen to you while you were covering this trial. Your Airbnb was broken into. Your laptop was taken. I mean, all kinds of interesting things. Wild, to say the least. Uh, yeah. And you can find out more about those. Uh, where can people follow you? The RundownLive.com and other social media places. Yeah, sure. My radio program airs five days a week. It's called The Rundown Live. You can find it anywhere podcasts are found. If you want to donate and keep independent freelance journalism alive, go to therundownlive.com. We have a GoFundMe. And yes, I was robbed within 24 hours after Isabel Maxwell took my photograph. Isn't that a coincidence? There's even video of it. There's a whole bunch of evidence. But support independent journalism, therundownlive.com, therundownlive.com. Check it out. Follow us on all social media, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Speaker, Stitcher, Facebook. Tristan, thanks for being here with us today. We're back with more next. Well, we've got record number of cases, and they say expect it out into the next coming weeks. And, and all those free tests that Biden said were coming your way, he's going to mail them to you along with, I guess, mail-in ballots for 2022. <laughs> but he's going to mail them to you. 
uh, and more. Yes, it's all mounting as he walked on his vacation on the beach with his wife, Jill, with a mask on, all by himself, out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's You just can't top this, folks. The level of insanity and all the politics, all those people's lives literally hang in the balance. How do we get rid of the politics? We'll talk more about that coming up. The latest Barkley in for Beck on the Glenn Beck program. The Glenn Beck program. You've heard me talking about MyPillow for years and how it's changed the way I sleep. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, fitted me personally for my own MyPillow because I told him, I said, I don't think I really like him. And he said, wait, I think you have the wrong one. Got me the king size pillow. It has changed the way I sleep. It will not go flat. You can wash and dry it constantly and it stays the same amazing shape. You fluff it once before you go to sleep and it's that way. Best of all, it's made right here. So you don't have to worry about, are they going to be MyPillows on the... The shelves along with the lowest price offer mike is also extending his money back guarantee trial until march 1st of next year so it makes a great christmas gift you can get the standard my pillow for 19.98 originally 69.98 a 50 dollars savings and the king size pillow is 10 bucks more go and see all their rotating discounts over 150 my pillow products enter the promo code back 800-966-3117 800-966-3117 it's mypillow.com promo code back Justin Barkley and for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck program. And you can follow me anywhere on social media at Mr. Justin Barclay, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y, JustinBarclay.com as well. And if you want to text me, I'd love to hear from you. During the program, you could send me a message, and I'll be able to see it right away, and I can send you things back too. But 616-201-3353 is that number. 616-201-3353. It's another way we like to get around big tech as well. And speaking of big tech... You know, I talked about uh, accountability. We are seeing accountability issues throughout the entire process in a lawless nation. A lot of ways, we're seeing folks who just aren't being held accountable for any issues. We are now staring straight down the barrel of another crisis. It's probably been created by the Biden administration in a lot of ways. We have this Omicron variant that's out there. Be afraid. Be very afraid. And the media, of course, starts their usual drumbeat of the fear-mongering, ramping everything up, the tension, so that you and everyone else will uh, be on pins and needles as this thing comes through. But they completely deny and ignore some of the most important, and I think promising data, out of South Africa. There's a study that suggests that Omicron, not only are we hearing that it's less lethal, the symptoms are more mild, but the new study out of South Africa suggesting that Omicron, or as I like to call it, Comicron, because we know that, obviously... (laughs) Is, is, the, is the last variant altogether. It's called communism. Uh, but the uh, Comicron actually has some positives to it. South African scientists at the Africa Health Research Institute 
have examined 33 unjabbed and jabbed individuals who had contracted the Omicron variant. According to Reuters, they found that people who were infected with Comicron developed enhanced immunity to the Delta variant. In other words, this Comicron, this thing, could be a positive because it could help folks. I hate to use this word. They might cancel me. But herd immunity? I know it's not allowed to use that anymore. But it could help folks fight off other infection. When it comes to the variants that are out there, including Delta, which they say uh, is a little, little worse than the than the original, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's worse or not, but I believe that to be some good news, and some of the news you're just not hearing. See, there tends to be a bit of a censorship battle going on, or really a. It's a it's a uh, it's an editing of who you can hear from and who you can't hear from. What ideas are allowed to be discussed in the public realm and what aren't. In fact, yesterday it happened, and are you surprised by it? The inventor of the mRNA technology. That's what's in the Pfizer and the Moderna jabs. The inventor of the mRNA technology was suspended from Twitter. Banned. His account is completely gone. Dr. Robert Malone. And apparently it's for talking about the very technology that he invented. Now what in the world first of all do they think we're dumb of course, that answer is yes, I do. Uh, but <laughs> why, this makes no sense at all. We're told constantly, follow the science and the data. The science and the data. And we're told for the high priest to help himself. Mr. Booster, go out and get your booster shot. St. Anthony Fauci. You can't question the science. I am the science. We're told that you have to follow the science and the data. But really what he means is you have to listen to what we say and don't question it. But people are starting to question it. People are starting to wake up. I'm going to give you some good news in that. Coming up, in fact, one person who is drawing attention to this, I think, deserves a little recognition for that. But Dr. Robert Malone, suspended from Twitter, here's some of the things that he said in the past in an interview. Um, maybe the reason why he's been taken down. Now, the long term, the only solution is political and legal. They, they, the government is now lawless. They are doing things that are against the law, and they don't care. Um, they believe that, I, I don't know what they believe, but forcing people to take an experimental medical product is illegal. It is in federal law. We call it the common rule. It is not legal. Forcing the military to take an unlicensed product and then relabeling it, calling it the licensed product, which is what I'm telling military people are coming to me and telling me this is what they're doing, because there's a law that the military cannot administer unlicensed vaccines to its personnel. This is a law that came out of what happened 
with the Desert Storm and, and the anthrax vaccine shots where a lot of military personnel were damaged. And they're not allowed to give unlicensed products. So the president commands them to vaccinate the troops with an unlicensed product. And so they, there's a colonel now in the Pentagon who will retire soon. So he doesn't have to worry anymore. That's why they picked him. They, they got a colonel to write a set of orders that are clearly illegal, that all military personnel have to be vaccinated with a vaccine that's not licensed, which is illegal. And what they're doing is they're telling the military personnel, oh, we're giving you the licensed vaccine commodity, but that vaccine doesn't exist. And so the other thing they're doing is they're taking the Pfizer vaccine and they're putting labels on it, calling it commodity, which is, by the way, a felony. Okay, they don't care. The, the law is no longer relevant. We have a government that is out of control. It's, it's fascinating to hear the, the inventor of the mRNA technology say those things. But he's not the only one. He's not the only one that's questioning the narrative. He's not the only one that's questioning the politics involved in all of this. But unfortunately, as that happens, people are dying. And I can tell you, probably a handful of people I know dead in the last six months or so because, I believe, of things that could have been avoided. We have Twitter or any other group or organization who feels like they get to decide who gets a voice and who doesn't. We have a real problem. We have an issue. Now, this creates more problems for all of us anyway, because Twitter thinking that they're going to make some sort of difference by silencing this man and taking him off of Twitter. They have no idea what they've done, or maybe they do. I don't know. But today, he'll go on Joe Rogan's show, and Rogan's got a platform and a footprint and an audience that's huge. That's much larger than any number of people that Malone probably would have reached himself on Twitter. Even with the retweets and the sharing of the information, etc. And now there's a controversy created around it. So what will he say? I am interested to hear about what Twitter, why they decided they were going to take him down this time. What the, what the real story is behind it. But folks, there is good news because I think people are standing up and they are speaking out. Real average everyday people. You, you know, I don't know if everyday folks are going to know who Dr. Robert Malone is. Unless you're somebody like me who's, I'm like, you know, I'm forced to deal with this information, and this, this on a daily basis. And part of the reason I do it, part of the reason Glenn does it, so you don't have to. You can have trusted sources. We sift through all this and we deal with it. And, and that's why. It's getting tougher and tougher now to decide, okay, who do I trust? Actually, maybe it's getting easier. That might be a part of the side effect of this. But there are new voices speaking out, people that they're constantly trying to discredit now, anyone who does. And the more they do it, I think the more it backfires. In fact, the latest uh, we'll share with you coming up after the break here, it's it's a voice that, again, they're trying to turn into, a, a, a I think, a, a big villain in all of this. 
But if you listen to what this man actually has to say, it it's reasonable. It makes a lot of sense. And his points are very valid. In fact, he's a guy that I think most average Americans might respect, might listen to. Regardless of whether he's got a white lab coat or not. We'll talk to uh, we'll hear that piece of information coming up in just a moment. Plus, uh, back with you after this. Barclay and Verbeck today on the Glenn Beck Program. So there's some really good news. If you didn't get around to it before Christmas, no worries. You still have the opportunity to take advantage of one of the best sales around. Our friends at Chamonix have extended the Genucel Christmas and holiday season sale so you can ring in the new year the right way. Looking younger and feeling great about your appearance? Right now, Genucel's most popular package is 60% off at Genucel.com. You can treat yourself and a loved one to the absolute best skincare in the world. See those droopy eyelids, forehead wrinkles, pesky bags and puffiness, and yes, even a sagging jawline disappear right before your eyes with GenuCell's Classic Collection. With its immediate effects, you'll see results in less than 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. Order now and get your complimentary spa package absolutely free at checkout. You get Chamonix's world-class microdermabrasion treatment and cleanser and toner. It's a great gift. Visit GenuCell.com and enter the promo code BECK35 for an additional 35 bucks off. Every order today is in Instantly upgraded to free express shipping. Genucell.com. The code is BECK35. So, I don't know. I'm not a huge NFL fan. <laughs> I like football. I just didn't grow up with a uh, like with a team that I that I watch, you know, and and I think that's part of it. But I'm a very aware of football. And I'm very aware of the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Like I think most people are. You have to live like under a rock or in a cage. Cave did not know who he is, but he is making I think a very reasonable uh, argument in the latest story that's out now. That he reveals, and this is shocking, <laughs> not really, but I think uh, some might make the case, this is shocking. He is revealing the NFL and a lot of the teams, you may be surprised to find out, are actually using some of the protocols, some of the treatments that he is being um, ostracized for using himself and for talking about here he is on uh, on the pat mcafee show or podcast i'm not too familiar i think it's a sports show and he, he, what he has to say i think is very reasonable just take a, a listen to some of this clip uh, you know I, i've gotten accused of spreading misinformation uh, when i talk about my you know, the treatment plan that i used uh, to get better that's been used by a number of people and doctors if you watched uh, dr mccullough on rogan Who's, he's a cardiologist, epidemiologist. He goes at length to talk about, and he's double vaxxed. He talks about the treatment plans that he uses with people. I think one of my issues, and I've, I've brought this up many times, is one, they don't talk about the fact that uh, you know guys are, are getting better using this. This uh, people are getting better using these things. That's fine. You don't want to talk about that. But how come in a league where we're seeing what fifty-one guys on the list yesterday, 100. there's still zero conversation? at least publicly, around treatment options for people that, that test positive. I do know behind the scenes, this is 100% true, there are many teams who are using or recommending 
a lot of the same treatments that I got for their players. So Dr. Joe Rogan? About, there's treatments being talked about behind closed doors, but publicly I don't understand why we can't talk about treatments. And, and because I think it needs to be not just talked about with the NFL players, but with the rest of the country, that there are ways of, whether it's Delta or Omicron, it seems like there's there's not, you know, there's not a lot of major symptoms. But if you have let's Delta, pause it like there I for did, a second. Let's let's just pause it there for a second. So, so, so he's admitting, hey, there are, there are other things people can try. There are other things that are out there, but there are only certain official narrative approved things that we're allowed to talk about, and that's the jabs. Really, that's it. Maybe you can kind of talk about monoclonal antibodies, uh, that sort of thing, uh, in public, but really. Uh, the only, the only real solution, the only solution, the single solution we hear from those in power is, "Hey, go out and get the jab. Go out and get the jab." No matter which one it is. And by the way, they, they, the folks, I'm not going to get into full details on this, but in the early onset, asked me if I would get it and then uh, talk about it. People are were being paid. In fact, they asked, they said, "We'll pay you to do this." Uh, and I turned them down. I, you know, I, 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 first of all, regardless of whether I get this or not, and, and this is not the way I want to go about it. You probably haven't listened to much of my program because what I've always said from the beginning, I believe very reasonable. Now we know the, the folks that say this type of thing are conspiracy theorists and they'll come after them like they're coming after Aaron Rodgers. But I believe that this decision ought to be left up to every individual for their own medical reasons, for their own personal reasons. Whatever it might be, I don't believe in one size fits all to everything. I think that folks ought to make these con- these these decisions, and I've said this from the beginning, thoughtfully contemplate them. Everybody has their own scenario, medical issues, and whatever whatever it might be. I have friends that uh, have medical reasons why they needed to get it, and I have friends that have medical reasons and other reasons why they they didn't want to. And they made those decisions for themselves, just like Rogers has. Call me crazy, but I told people to maybe, hey, consult a trusted health care provider. And then I said, imagine this. And this is what really threw people for a loop. You may want to pray about it. Oh, how dare he? We can only worship one in the white lab coat. His name is Fauci. <laughs> And we don't have room. And Fauci says, you can't have any other gods or treatments uh, before me, apparently. So uh, people, I guess there were folks that found that to be very unreasonable and, and, uh, and, and just crazy. But again, I think that's the sign of the times. We're living in a world where you say something very reasonable, I think sensible at the same time, and you just get attacked. And that's what's happening now with Aaron Rodgers. In fact, he's just said that the NFL is using, and a lot of these teams, some of the same treatments, some of the same alternative things that, that, uh, that he's used. And that's how the politics now is at play, is that some people get to use these things, but, you know, you don't. And we can't have these conversations about these things. I think this is where the real problem comes in. Here's a little bit more from the clip, Aaron Rodgers and the Pat McAfee Show talking about this treatment options that actually help you know and, and if you don't agree with the ones i use well let's come up with some other ones you know instead of like sticking a person you know putting 10 days in an isolation you know with a, and, and not able to see anybody in zero treatment options that, to me that's just 
if science can't be questioned, it's not science anymore. It's propaganda. All right, that's it. That's enough. I don't need any more. Perfect. Uh, You know, that is something he's going to get in a lot of trouble for. But, folks, I mean, this is a perfect example of how people are waking up. I just hope... I just hope that more and more people do wake up and it's not too late. I hope for some. We have lost far too many, unnecessarily, I believe, because we're not allowed to talk about these treatment options. We're not allowed to talk about some of these things that are out there. You know what we're not doing? We're not allowing doctors to be doctors. The stories that are coming out are just absolutely heartbreaking. One of them you'll hear next. Folks, we need to pay attention. We need to listen to these people. They're sounding the alarm. The warning signs are there. Let's step up and make sure this doesn't continue to happen so we don't lose anymore. This is the Glenn Beck Program. The battle for our generation is taking place right now in the minds and the hearts of our children and our grandchildren. Today, millions of kids are having their ideologies shaped by these soulless machines of both Hollywood and our own public schools. From the lessons they're taught to the books they're told to read, our kids are caught in a thick swamp of bad ideas. What do you say? It's time we do something about it. The best way I know how to combat bad ideas is to promote good ones. And you don't get a better example of that for kids than in the Tuttle Twins books. The Tuttle Twins books are an exploration of all things that make us freer, more perfect. They teach an accurate history of the United States, and they explain how things like free markets and limited government work. And they will arm your children and grandchildren with true ideals they'll need to help turn our country back around. So I want you to go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com, get 35% off now. They'll even throw in all their activity workbooks for free. Buy them for your kids and your grandkids at TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get 35% off today. Making socialists question their life choices. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Stick around. More after the break. Actor Beck, it's Justin Barkley on the Glenn Beck program. And uh, yeah, we're talking about uh, people starting to wake up, folks, little by little. And please, as they do, let's wake them up gently and allow them to come to terms. Like a guy like uh, Aaron Rodgers, who is a very healthy individual, an athlete. The uh, NFL decided he didn't want to take the jab himself for his own particular medical reason. I mean, these people, everything they eat is fine tuned. Listen. I know many people have mistaken me for a world-class athlete before. They look at me and they think, surely you must be some sort of... They're looking for the medals or the trophy or the rings or something like that. No, no, no. I, I Look, I, I understand. Don't like the confusion. <laughs> of course. Uh, <clears throat> I'm joking. But these people, everything they eat, everything they do down to their sleep, and uh, I mean, all of it is just fine-tuned to a precision. They have teams of people that tell them what to eat, do, and every single day. It's not just their health, it's a business. And so they take it very seriously. It's no wonder to me that he and many other of these world-class athletes have had these conversations about, wait a minute, what should I really do? What They may have even weighed the risks So to hear folks like Aaron Rodgers come up 
and, and speak up. He is, uh, I think, good news for us. Why? Because we continue to see politics throughout the entirety of this play out in a way that I believe people are needlessly dying. They, they're losing their lives, and they, and they shouldn't, and they don't have to. Part of those reasons is the dealing with the, the treatments. We're waiting too long to try to treat people, and then with what we treat them with, there's only a certain protocol that's passed down on high, from what I understand, from the centralized location of the altar of Dr. Fauci. Apparently, he gives you the, the, uh, the scroll with all the information in it, and that's what you're supposed to do. Now, if you ask questions, or maybe you think, hey, let me try something differently. As a doctor, you could be fired, or even worse, your medical license could be stripped. They talked about that here in Michigan, where our governor is. They say, you, you want to prescribe this hydroxychloroquine? You can strip your medical license. The ivermectin is the next piece. But in that interview that I just played from Aaron Rodgers, he goes through a number of different pieces. And those, those two that you've heard and were demonized aren't the only ones out there. There are many other different things that people have tried. Doctors all over the world have been attempting to use and, and, uh, and, and reporting back what works and what doesn't. Don't you think maybe, maybe we ought to listen to them? Maybe we ought to let doctors be doctors? Maybe we ought to let real people be treated by the folks who know them best rather than the, the bureaucrats far off in some faraway land. I mean, there's a lot we can learn from this whole debacle. And the politics continues, I believe, in this case, to needlessly kill folks who who should still be here today. Uh, our next uh, guest is on the phone right now. Her name is uh, Julie, and I don't know how much uh, information uh, uh, you want to give out, Julie, but um, I know your your husband rather well. He listens to my local program here in Michigan um, quite often. Good man who I've talked back and forth with quite a bit. And when I got the news that uh, your daughter was sick, um, you know, I began asking the audience to pray, and I prayed for her. And I got to tell you... Um, when I got the news that she had passed, it was, uh, well, I can't imagine. I just can't imagine how tough it was for you. Um, I've lost about a handful of friends in the last five months, people that I know. And I think needlessly because of the politics that surround all of this. Exactly. But I, I don't want to talk as much about the po- but I just want to find out about your daughter. What happened with her specifically? And, and I just want to give you a chance to tell your, your daughter's story, Julie. Okay, well, Jessica was, um, she got COVID from her husband, who got COVID from a vaxxed person. And um, so you get it if you've been vaxxed or not. She was very sick. She started developing a a cough. Um, She took a home blood oxygen level, and it was very low. So she called the doctor, and he said that's very dangerous for the baby because she was um, 29 weeks pregnant and he said to take her in. So Matt, her husband 
took her to the emergency. They took Jessica, leaving Matt standing all alone, took Jessica by ambulance to the hospital. He couldn't go with her, even though he drove her there. Um, I know she was scared. And um, they put her on oxygen when she got to the hospital. The next day, um, that was the 29th, 30th, she texted me and said, can you get a priest? I think she knew. Um, So I had one go, and he did what he needed to do. She's a very devout, traditional Catholic. Um, Then they could not keep her blood oxygen levels up. Um, She refused remdesivir, which there are other drugs that do the same. Um, Jessica... Um, they had called Matt in to talk about the baby on the fourth, they vented Jessica and she fought it and fought it and pulled everything out and said, you know, to Matt that, um, if they vent her, she's not coming out of it. She, she knew, um, she was very scared. They sedated her, vented her, and then they did a C-section and they took the baby. And she had a little baby, two pounds, 14 ounces. Um, Jessica was then put in a coma. Um, a couple of days later, we heard she had a collapsed lung with a hole in her lung. Then a couple of days later, it was, she was on kidney dialysis. Her kidneys were failing. And then she had multiple strokes. And then the fi- finally... Um, you know, every every day or so, there was something worse. She had brain hemorrhage into her, into the stroke. So they called us in. Um, this was on the 14th. We, Jessica had a will. We took her, had her taken off the vent. Um, myself, Jessica's dad, her husband, Matt, and her oldest daughter, Josie, all uh, went into the room. And it was about 15 minutes later, and she took her last breath. And I think maybe it was needlessly that she passed away. I think that all these things that happened were from maybe the drugs that they gave her. Um, They just moved um, out of their house into Matt's mom and dad's house to stay there temporarily till they either find a house or, you know, find some land um, to build on. And, you know, Matt, he's not alone. He's got his mom there, and I go there, and it's close. So um, they need to find something in Hamilton. And there is the Farmhouse Deli did a GoFundMe page. It's raised a lot of money, but I think they still still need a lot of help and baby margaret is now four pounds one ounce she's still on the cpap off and on but she's doing good how many weeks is she now um well she was born on the fourth so she's almost four weeks yeah yeah and i know you went through that too justin and Mm. you know how does a uh, a man bring a uh you know, a baby home, a preemie, you know, and then plus he has a 16-month-old little boy, 
and you know six kids under the age of 13 yeah she was a mother of seven is that yes. right yes and she was a very good mother she was a warrior mother you know um and and right around christmas um I turned 13 on the 22nd, Sam turned 12 on the 24th, Esther turned 5 on the 27th, and Josie turned 21 on the 27th. Hmm. And they're all, there's four of them in, um, actually five of them in December. But they did have a good Christmas. They, they had a lot of donations, and they, they were joyful on Christmas. But it doesn't take away the fact that, you know, their mom is gone. I can't even imagine. Uh, Julie is Jessica's mother and uh, just kind of ran through some of those things. We talked about this. I think people are needlessly dying because of the politics. And maybe it's the treatment protocol that's been passed down. Or maybe it's the lack of the early treatment and some of the other options that aren't even being considered. I'm not sure exactly... But I do know that when we have such a political frenzy that surrounds these things, that it, that it has real-life consequences, and you're hearing it. Now, I, I know this because I've seen five different cases, and Julie, your, case, your daughter, uh, Jessica, is eerily similar to a case of a, a friend of, of my wife's who, her first child, found herself in the same position. And they they had to put her on a ventilator. They cut her open. She had the kidney failure. They took the baby out, and eventually she passed. Yeah. And yeah. and to me, for me to know two of those people, something's not right. Um, and folks, to hear this story. I guarantee if I open up the phone lines right now, we would hear story after story all across the country where these things are happening and they don't yeah. need to be. Right. Julie, um, we're praying for you guys. We're praying for your family. Before I let you go, uh, what do you say to folks that maybe the doctors who, because people are starting to wake up. I know that the doctors that are that are possibly listening saying, you know, there's something wrong with what we're doing. The, these things aren't working. Maybe the nurses. What would you say to those folks if you could you could if you could say something that would make a difference? Well, I know some people that got ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, and Jessica was afraid to take it because of the baby. She wanted to do everything she could for that baby, but um, I know some people, even pregnant woman that did take it and felt better within a couple days. And she asked for it in the hospital and they they said no. So I think she finally wanted it, but they didn't, there's no way they were gonna give it to her. Um, so I think if people can seek out this, there's people that know people that have the, um, that can get it. And if you can take it early on, do everything you can to get it and take it because it might save your life. 
There are politics throughout all of this. And, and, and yeah. Julie, I appreciate you taking the time to share that story. The GoFundMe is set up. I've shared it over on my Twitter page at Mr. Justin Barkley. You can help out. It's, it's entitled Help the Hallgrens, H-A-L-L-G-R-E-N-S. Julie, thank you so much. Praying for you guys. Appreciate thank you. you. Thank you. And that is uh, another story, folks, of a, uh, someone gone far too soon, a mother that I've two now that I know. And never got to even hold their baby. Enough of the politics. Quick break. We're back after this. Barkley and for back today on the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. If you're living with aches and pains, especially if they're frequent and nagging and relentless, I want you to take a moment and think back to the last time you really felt good. Can you even remember what it felt like? Now, here's even a more important question. What would you give to go back to feeling like that again? Maybe it would just be nice to take a stroll with your loved one or play with your grandchildren. I've suffered from persistent, crippling pain almost all the time for about five years. When I started taking Relief Factor, I took it because my wife made me start taking it. I didn't think it would work for me. Yet here I am today, virtually pain-free, doing the things I love to do, all thanks to my wonderful wife and Relief Factor. I love that it's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors, and about 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. Are you part of that 70% that can get your life back? Your first step to becoming pain-free just might be to order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com. They're playing politics and people are dying. And you say, Justin, I don't know. What do you mean by that? What do you mean politics? Well, just the other day, Rochelle Walensky, head of the CDC, admitted it. This is how they're making the decisions. The newest guidance about moving the quarantine back from 10 to 5 days. So from what you're saying, it sounds like this decision had just as much to do with business as it did with the science. Politics. Say it. Well, so I, it really had a lot to do with what um, we thought people would be able to tolerate. We have seen oh. relatively low rates of isolation uh. um, for all of this pandemic. Some science has demonstrated less than a third of people are isolating when they need to. And so we really want to make sure that we had guidance in this moment where we were going to have a lot of disease. We just wanted to make sure people would follow, you know, follow through. That's how we said Apparently, it's not the science anymore, at least not the kind you always thought it was. See, the science has always been this way. It's been political science. And the data? Polling data. Yep, that's how it's worked from day one, folks. And now, they're letting you in on the secret. Hey, it's Justin Barkley in for Glenn Beck today in the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, uh, it's Justin Barkley in for Glenn Beck today in the Glenn Beck Program from a sunny Grand Rapids, Michigan, where things are nice and chilly. And the story that we heard about our governor here possibly kidnapped and, of course, uh, even worse, killed throughout the course of the pandemic. 
by a rogue group of individuals is starting to unravel. What's the truth? And how is it connected to January 6th? We'll get into all of it with our next guest on the Glenbeck program. Back after this. The Glenbeck program. If you're looking for a New Year's resolution that is easy to keep, I have just the thing. It's time to do something that will help protect your identity and your personal information. It's time to get LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. LifeLock will alert you to any potential threats to your identity online because you're going to miss certain ID threats if you're only monitoring your credit. And they pay attention to more and will not only notify you if they find threats, things like your information being for sale on the dark web, but also if you do become a victim of ID theft, A U.S.-based restoration specialist is going to help you take the necessary steps to help resolve your case. That's LifeLock. No one can prevent all identity theft, monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock is the New Year's resolution that's easy to keep. Keep you and your family safe and save up to 25% off your first year. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. LifeLock.com, promo code BECK. Save 25%. You know, Governor Whitmer here in Michigan isn't very popular. She hasn't been for quite some time now. And much of that probably goes back to, well, the pandemic and the lockdowns happening specifically in her state of Michigan. It's uh, Justin Barkley today and for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck program. You can follow me all over social media at Mr. Justin Barclay, uh, Facebook, Twitter. We stream live on Twitch and even Rumble now sometimes, so if you want to come on over and check those out, uh, you can. But, you know, the story that I'm I'm intimately familiar with because throughout the last couple of years, having to cover everything that happened, you know, as this news of... The virus coming from China and who knows what's happening and reporting closures of businesses and the governor coming out every, gosh, I guess it was almost every day at one point with press conferences. We were all on pins and needles. In fact, I'd worked extra hours to report these things and to bring press conferences to people live on the radio. We were all waiting with bated breath to find out what the governor was going to shut down next. She made all kinds of calls that she insists were based on the science and the data. As we've talked before, now we know, as I admitted during that time, (laughs) that she was using political science and polling data throughout the entire process. So it is, well, no surprise that she's not very popular and hasn't been as she did things like shutting down the entire state multiple times. She would talk about her methods for doing so. She has these dials, you know, and I'm going to just turn them up and turn them down in a very folksy way. She would come off as the mom, I think. Intending to be a little more caring and compassionate, and maybe for some in her camp, they found her to be that way. But in others, 
found her to be more of a nanny in the nanny state, telling people what they could and couldn't do. Businesses were closed. She sent people to jail just for trying to keep the restaurants open, feed people and their families. So we are we are used to hearing and quite familiar with uh, hearing the stories about Governor Whitmer. She's caught breaking her own rules, trips down the Florida when things are very uh, dicey back home with 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 uh, with COVID cases. She's telling people not to go anywhere else, travel for spring break. She does it on her own. And of course, shutting down the mom and pop shops only to keep open. You've heard me talking about MyPillow for years and how it's changed the way I sleep. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, fitted me personally for my own MyPillow because I told him, I said, I don't think I really like him. And he said, wait, I think you have the wrong one. Got me the king size pillow. It has changed the way I sleep. It will not go flat. You can wash and dry it constantly and it stays the same amazing shape. You fluff it once before you go to sleep and it's that way. Best of all, it's made right here. So you don't have to worry about, are they going to be MyPillows on the... The shelves along with the lowest price offer mike is also extending his money back guarantee trial until march 1st of next year so it makes a great christmas gift you can get the standard my pillow for 1998 originally 69.98 a 50 dollars savings and the king size pillow is 10 bucks more go and see all their rotating discounts over 150 my pillow products enter the promo code back 800-966-3117 800-966-3117 it's mypillow.com promo code back All right, folks, we are back in, and uh, we went down for just a moment. Now, listen, I, I I know how funny this sounds. Just as I was speaking very critically about the governor and about to tell you about an FBI plot gone wrong, <laughs> this happened. Uh, I've just been told by an engineer that it looks like it was some sort of human error on that person's part, uh, not not involved with the, uh, the, the Glenbeck folks, but somebody here in our building that I think must have either the hamster quit running on the wheel or something funny must have happened here but it was not the fbi so let me get that out there and make it clear but i want to give you time to to acknowledge and let you know what happened there and of course um i want to welcome our guest in because she's got important information a story you may not be hearing many other places julie kelly is our guest now she's a writer for american greatness amgreatness.com julie appreciate you being here with us today thanks for having me on justin Yes, despite those technical issues, it wasn't the FBI, although, although nothing would surprise me these days. Let's set this up. Let's set this up quickly for folks so that they can understand this, though. Uh, there was a kidnapping plot, a, a case that uh, that was brought to light here um, uh, not too long, about a year or so ago. And there was a group of individuals that the media started to report that were being arrested. The FBI had done a, a sting on these these individuals. They, they say were involved with militia. Uh, and they had a plot to kidnap the governor here in Michigan, amongst other things. And it's really fascinating. And I'll let you kind of dig through some of this and tell us what happened. But it's all starting really to crumble right now. And what happened inside that investigation is all coming out so much to the point that the defense is, is possibly about ready to have this case dismissed. Tell us what's going on, and how did we get here? 
So the defense lawyers for there were six men uh, charged with federal kidnapping uh, charges and then eight other men facing state charges for this attempted plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer uh, last year in 2020. The charges were announced in October of 2020 as early voting was already underway in Michigan and other states. Gretchen Whitmer had this overwrought press conference blaming Donald Trump for inciting violence against her, people wanting to kidnap her and possibly kill her. Uh, Joe Biden made a statement, you know, just another example of the FBI interfering in a presidential election. No big deal. Um, But as the uh, court proceedings continued and have continued, defense attorneys are filing motion after motion to really substantiate an egregious case of FBI entrapment. But for the agents and informants involved in this case, and you had at least a dozen informants, you basically had one informant per defendant uh, involved in this case. But for their intricate involvement, planning surveillance trips, planning military-style training uh, camps that were then photographed and used as evidence, um, if the FBI hadn't taken a hold of this and managed every aspect of it, there never would be any alleged kidnapping plot. And so defense attorneys are putting together all the evidence related to this entrapment case. And then on Christmas Day, in the federal case, the five defense attorneys, one man has already pleaded guilty. The five remaining federal defendants um, asked the court to dismiss the conspiracy to kidnap charges against them, uh, arguing again that this never would have materialized had it not been for the careful handling of this by the FBI. So this let's break this down because this is a very um, I mean this is a this is a very serious allegation. But you're saying that from from what I understand in this case, there were just as many FBI informants or FBI folks involved in this militia and the planning of this supposed kidnapping attempt as there were the the, the people that are actually uh, accused and now being charged with this so so it seems as though they planned something and tried to force something into happening the defense is saying that would have never happened it would have never even been a thought process that's right which is wholly against the law in terms of what FBI informants are supposed to be doing. They are not. They're legally prohibited from directing any sort of crime. And how this started, Justin, was, um, you know, it's chatter, online chatter about uh, lockdown policies. Of course, Michigan had one of the harshest lockdown policies. Gretchen Whitmer and Donald Trump got into it for months over that. And you remember his tweet, Liberate Michigan. And so um, this is how this began with these attempted, with these planned anti-lockdown rallies. And one of them, as you know, took place in Lansing in late April, which really turned out to be the dress rehearsal for January 6th. And the FBI was already Mm. infiltrated in this sort of loose gang of Facebook self-styled militia types. And they had already infiltrated, had informants on the ground with people during that protest in April. And then the FBI with their agents out of the Detroit field office and then, of course, their informants carefully coaxed these suspects from lockdown rallies into let's kidnap Gretchen Whitmer uh, from her uh, vacation cottage and either 
abandon her on Lake Michigan or take her to Wisconsin to face some sort of tribunal. I mean, it was just preposterous. But when you look at all of the uh, contacts between the informants and the FBI agents, and it's important to know, Justin, the top three FBI agents working out of the Detroit field office have all been removed from this case. The lead agent, Richard Trask, who signed the initial criminal complaint, was arrested for assaulting his wife, attempting to strangle her after in a yeah. drunken rage after a swingers party. He's been fired by the FBI, which is a nearly impossible thing to do. The other two FBI agents who are handling the top informants also have been removed. None of them will be testifying for the government in a trial that takes place in Grand Rapids uh, in March uh, uh, 2022. So this is just part of how this case is imploding. But, of course, it's a very illuminating backdrop to what's happening with the prosecution of January 6th. It, it is just wild to follow this story. And as you mentioned, that that uh, FBI agent, I mean, it, it, we, I'm, I'm right here in Grand Rapids. So I'm in the middle of this story as it's unfolding. And the story that came out about the FBI agent to me was shocking to hear some of the details about how he allegedly uh, had uh, had abused his wife after this uh, party at a hotel with uh, other folks who were engaged in this alternative lifestyle of swinging, etc. I mean, that's a that's an that's an FBI agent. That's enough. How would they not know what's happening with their own agents? On one hand, but then. What's even, I think, even more concerning is the, the, the social media posts that have come out of from this individual. That's right. What he's posted online and what he posted about the president as the president was still in office from an FBI agent is just mind-blowing. Well, as I wrote, he's basically Peter Strzok without the law degree and a bunch of tattoos. I mean, this is the same sort of thing we saw from the FBI, top FBI officials, uh, that were uncovered in text messages, Peter Strzok and his girlfriend, Lisa Page. You know, these people are just, you know, they're cheaters and they're liars. And they talk smack about people who are going to be their boss or are their boss, uh, including the president of the United States. I mean, these are lowlights. And when you, I encourage people to look up the video of Richard Trask being arrested. He's drunk. They never, of course, make him take a breathalyzer. He was not charged with drunk driving, even though he obviously was inebriated. He had no shoes on, no shirt. He's covered in tattoos. He's bleeding because he had gotten in this fight with his wife where he bashed her head against the nightstand and tried to strangle. I mean, this is not anyone who should be in a position of authority, especially concocting a plot where you now entrap what looks like innocent men so they can once again the FBI make big announcements interfere in a presidential election in a key swing state like Michigan and use these low-life agents and low-life informants that the other informant has now been charged with two crimes for illegally possessing a firearm and now fraud and he committed those crimes while he was working as an informant in this in this caper um, and unfortunately Justin this is a reflection of our FBI from top to bottom. It is a criminal enterprise that is now targeting the American people. Uh, and I don't think it's salvageable. Um, and if Republicans take over and soon we get a Republican president, this agency needs to be completely disassembled because it is not working in the best interest of the American people, truth or justice. It is working uh, against it. 
So what does that look like? How does that process? What's the, 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 the this conversation of accountability? Because whether you actually uh, you know take the whole thing apart or you just clean it out all the way uh, uh, down to the uh, you know down to the studs. But what what does that look like? We have to have that conversation. And what's the tie in with this? In January 6th. Um, if you can stay with us, I definitely appreciate it. Julie Kelly is a writer. She's with us, AmericanGreatness.com. We'll be back with this story more in moments. Justin Barkley, live from Michigan, actually, on the Glenn Beck program and for Glenn today. Back after this. This is the Glenn Beck program. The woke mob rears its ugly head in this country every single day. You know it, I know it, and increasingly, Our kids know it, too. They see it when they watch something on television or YouTube. They absorb it in conversations that take place all around them. And maybe worst of all, they're increasingly being fed heaping helpings of it in our school. So what are we doing to fight back? It's important that you are talking to your kids about what makes this nation great. What can you use to help instill those values in kids? Well... A good book. That's why I love the Tuttle Twins books so much. They offer your kids an entertaining and educational look at American values and American history. They tell great stories, teach your kids about the value of limited government, free markets, how they work, and how they work to change the world for the better, and so much more. Get these books for your kids today. Go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com, get 35% off, and they'll even throw in all their activity workbooks for free. Buy them for your kids and your grandkids. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com and get 35% off today. The truth that mainstream media can't handle. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. So the case is crumbling. The defense has moved now to have this case of the Whitmer kidnapping governor here in uh, in Michigan. The kidnapping uh, dismissed in the federal court. And some of the details behind, because the FBI's involvement, they say entrapment here in this case, um... The details coming out are just shocking. On with us right now, talking about uh, what's happening behind the scenes. Julie Kelly, she's a writer with American Greatness, amgreatness.com. Welcome back. Appreciate you uh, hanging with us to talk a little bit more because there is a connection between this and this uh, this detail, uh, what happened here in this case, the FBI program it originated from, and, and possibly even what happened on January 6th? That's right. Um, The Whitmer caper originated out of something called Operation Cold Snap, which was launched by the FBI in the spring of 2020. The pretext was to infiltrate alleged militia groups who were plotting these anti-lockdown protests across the country. So this was how they infiltrated the Wolverine Watchmen, which was nothing more than a Facebook group. It was organized back in November of 2019, just a few months before this whole caper got underway. Uh, The FBI agents, the two main agents um, out of the Detroit field office who were counterterrorism, declared the Wolverine Watchmen a domestic terror threat. And I'm laughing because it's so preposterous. But this then opens up the pathway for them to do whatever they want, run informants, run undercover agents, surveil, wiretap, etc. And so that's what they did. Now, they also obviously infiltrated other militia groups. Um, one of the uh, special agents involved testified that this was going on in other states as well. And look, Justin, we know the New York Times confirmed this back in September. At least two informants were infiltrated into the Proud Boys, another alleged 
uh, militia group uh, who brought no weapons to the Capitol on January 6th. These people aren't really good at militia-ing. Um, and so they already had two FBI informants infiltrated that group. They were at the Capitol. They were actually present at the very first breach um, outside the Capitol grounds right before 1 o'clock on January 6th. We know that there, are in, that there are informants in the three percenters. Get this. One of the top informants, Stephen Robeson, who I just referred to, who has now been charged with two other crimes related to what he did uh, during the Whitmer caper, um, he also is the founder of the Wisconsin chapter of the Three Percenters. Now, if that doesn't raise all sorts of eyebrows, the fact that most of these militia groups, the Oath Keepers, Proud Boys, the Three Percenters, are merely FBI front groups, to lure these people into their various uh, traps, then I don't know what is. Here's here's another example, and my friend Darren Beatty keeps bringing this up. The the, co- the founder of the Oath Keepers, one of the other three main militia groups, Stuart Rhodes, is person one in every single indictment related to January 6th. The Oath Keepers now have about 20 defendants charged with conspiracy and other crimes related to January 6th. He is person one in every single indictment. We now are almost at the one-year anniversary. Stuart Rhodes still has not been charged with any crime, even though he alleged to be the mastermind behind the conspiracy to, quote-unquote, attack the Capitol on January 6th. He attended all these meetings. He was leading a lot of the group chats. But here he is, while you have men who have been in prison under pretrial detention orders since February and March, uh, charged in the Oath Keepers conspiracy case, Stuart Rhodes doesn't even, isn't even facing one misdemeanor charge for trespassing or disorderly conduct or anything about January 6th. So when you really start to dig into these militia groups and see how many informants were involved, how many unindicted co-conspirators like Stuart Rhodes, if there are, you really have to wonder, and especially using the Whitmer taper as a backdrop, how much of this has been orchestrated, executed, prompted by the activity of what we know is a highly partisan, uh, political, politically interfering uh, FBI. I mean, this goes back to Crossfire Hurricane. Here we are five and a half years later, and the FBI is still getting involved in domestic elections and domestic politics. Now, I know you've written, uh, Julie Kelly's on with us right now. Uh, she's a writer at amgreatness.com, uh, American Greatness of Love. But you've actually written a, a book about January 6th as well, how Democrats, it's called January 6th, how Democrats, the Capitol protest, uh, use the Capitol protest to launch a war on terror against the political right. What, what, what about some of these things that we continue to see coming out? Particularly, there's a, there's a video of a, of a man, um, January 6th, uh, that, that is seen in quite a bit of uh, mm-hmm. video. We, we, we keep hearing that we're going to get down to the bottom of this. We get this, uh, you know, this uh, the, the, in the House, this January 6th committee. They're, they're not really interested in looking at because I do believe we ought to know what exactly happened January 6th. There, there are some real uh, and serious questions that I have about that day. Who is this man that is seen in a lot of the videos that is urging people to, uh, to to commit violent acts and to do certain things that uh, we still don't know much about. His name is Ray Epps. He also is associated with the Oath Keepers group out of Arizona. 
He is the man who was seen uh, in downtown Washington, D.C. on the night of January 5th, mixed in with Trump supporters, urging them to go inside the Capitol that day. His activity was so suspicious that night that a group of them started chanting feds at him. He's then seen on video the next day, first directing people who are leaving Trump's speech at the Ellipse and directing them towards Capitol Hill, where they could get you know, where they could find the Capitol building, obviously. And then Ray Epps is the man who whispers in the ear of Ryan Samso, a January 6th defendant, who is technically the first person to breach this really light line of police uh, barricades and four or five um, just regular Capitol Police officers. Uh, Ryan Samso breaches that line at about 12.55 on January 6th. The last person he talks to is Ray Epps. So why Ray Epps still almost a year later, even though him obviously prompting people to go to the Capitol, says something to Ryan Samso, who then breaches the first line that day, why he has not been charged. And, you know, he's been questioned by the media. Representative Tom Massey confronted Attorney General Merrick Garland during a hearing a few months ago, played the video of Ray Epps and demanded to know why, when so many other, we know 700 or so defendants, why so many other people have been charged related to their activity on January 6th. But here is Ray Epps, a man clearly inciting people to go to the Capitol, commit illegal acts, why he still remains uncharged. So at this point, Justin, the bare question question is not who's been charged, but who has not been charged. And of course, the top two people are Ray Epps and Stuart Rhodes. Why, if they were so involved in promoting, planning violence that day, planning the, you know, planning going to the Capitol, going into the Capitol building, why, if those people are all charged with crimes, why the people who incited that activity still remain free? Talking with Julie Kelly right now, who's a writer for AmericanGreatness.com, uh, thebloodamgreatness.com, and then uh, author, the author of January 6th, How Democrats Use the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. Julie, a lot of this is we talk about that uh, plot to kidnap uh, the uh, the governor here in Michigan that turns out to be uh, some sort of an FBI uh, uh, scam. That connection here to January 6th, and then one other question I have for you, because we don't hear much about him. I know Tucker has talked about, I know certain folks have talked about, but the people that are currently locked up right now who were charged that are in that jail in D.C., the, the media's been very quiet about a lot of them, and we've, we, what we have heard that's come out, some really horrible conditions about uh, from some of these folks. Uh, regardless of whether they uh, committed the most heinous act or not, I mean, they're being treated much, much worse than somebody like Elaine Maxwell, who uh, apparently, apparently, uh, you know, was was guilty of some really horrible things. But these folks, uh, their tale, their story isn't being told much. What's really going on with some of them? Right. It's just astonishing. We have political prisoners, uh, at least four dozen, held in a special prison in the shadow of the U.S. Capitol building. Uh, the media knows that they're political prisoners. The judges who are keeping them there know that they're political prisoners. The Justice Department knows that they're political prisoners. But they are completely ignored. Now, it's important to emphasize these are men who have not been charged with any crime. 
They are being wow. held under pretrial detention orders. Some of them will be in jail for 18 months before their trial oh. date is even beginning. Simply for the fact, Justin, that they protested Joe Biden's election on January 6th. That is a fact. It has nothing to do with the fact that they're a threat to their community. It has nothing to do with the fact that they're flight risks, which are the two animating factors when judges consider denying bail to people. And we have federal judges in Washington, D.C., from Trump appointees to Obama appointees to Reagan appointees who are going along with this Justice Department, the Biden regime's political persecution of innocent men holding them behind bars, mostly in solitary confinement. They've been physically assaulted. They are being mentally and emotionally abused. Some of them deprived food. They've been, um, some of them have been strip searched in an almost sexually exploitive way. And these judges, I'll tell you what, this D.C. District Court is a national disgrace. It is scary to listen to these court hearings to hear what happens in Washington, D.C., you not only have an FBI actively working against the American people, you have the entire power center of this great country populated by evil people who want to punish American citizens because they dared to protest the election of Joe Biden for a few hours on January 6th. They are not representative of the goodness and decency of this country. It has been alarming to say the least for me to follow this for the past year but when i say these people judges prosecutors the news media go down the list have nothing but contempt for most of the american people that is not an overstatement that is my experience and it's actually quite terrifying to cover it as a journalist is julie is there accountability here and i know you mentioned about maybe just doing away with this agency altogether i I don't know what does accountability look like I mean, when the Republicans take the House next year, they have to turn this around on the Democrats, just like this January 6th committee is. They need to start their own special committee. They need to ask for a special prosecutor, which they won't get, of course, under a Democratic Justice Department. But they need to hold their own hearings. They need every single line prosecutor who has signed these charges. They need to bring the judges in. They need to bring in um, every FBI agent, including Christopher Ray, And they need to explain to the American people what they did on January 6th, but more importantly, how they are tormenting, destroying the lives of people who did nothing more than trespass in what they believed was a public building, some people for less than 10 minutes, and their entire lives have been destroyed. Their families have been destroyed. They've been bankrupted. Um, They've been canceled by their neighbors, some people by their own churches. I mean, what is happening to these people, while um, <clears throat> this DOJ, this FBI, this D.C. District Court, and now this D.C. jail are doing, um, this is really the sort of stuff you never believe would happen in America, but it's happening right in front of our eyes. Julie, I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for, for writing about this. Thank you for talking about it and, and for giving folks a voice that, that don't have one right now. January 6th, how Democrats use the Capitol protest to launch a war on terror against the political right. Julie Kelly, an uh, author and a writer at American Greatness, amgreatness.com. Julie, thanks for taking the time to be here with us today. We appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me on. Keep up the fight, uh, the fight for truth, uh, folks, and, and now accountability in this situation as the truth starts to come. That's the thing about the light. No matter how much darkness, just the light of a single candle can snuff out the darkness.
that's what they're afraid of. Now, look, I I know there there are some folks that did some horrible things on January 6th. I, I saw some of it. But I also saw people that just, you know, grandmothers walked right through open doors. I got to tell you, I think this story of what happened that day, yeah, I don't know if we'll ever know the truth. But I think there's much more to what we're being told in the media. And we need to hear more. We'll continue to follow it. Barkley, back in for back. We continue right after this. 888-727-BECK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So there's some really good news. If you didn't get around to it before Christmas, no worries. You still have the opportunity to take advantage of one of the best sales around. Our friends at Chamonix have extended the Genucel Christmas and Holiday Season sale so you can ring in the new year the right way. Looking younger and feeling great about your appearance? Right now, Genucel's most popular package is 60% off at Genucel.com. You can treat yourself and a loved one to the absolute best skincare in the world. See those droopy eyelids, forehead wrinkles, pesky bags and puffiness, and yes, even a sagging jawline disappear right before your eyes with GenuCell's Classic Collection. With its immediate effects, you'll see results in less than 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. Order now and get your complimentary spa package absolutely free at checkout. You get Chamonix's world-class microdermabrasion treatment and cleanser and toner. It's a great gift. Visit GenuCell.com and enter the promo code BECK35 for an additional 35 bucks off. Every order today is in Instantly upgraded to free express shipping. Genucell.com. The code is Beck35. Well, the news never stops, at least in 2020 and 21. And I have a feeling 22 is going to be much of the same way. And no matter what, we'll be here to cover it. We'll be here with the truth and hopefully... That leads to some accountability. And some of these stories that you've heard that um, that are happening, there, there, there are unintended consequences, and there are intended consequences that need to be addressed. And we'll make sure that we'll continue to fight the good fight alongside you and the rest of us. Make sure you share these programs when you see them online. Matter of fact, you can catch up with me on social media at Mr. Justin Barclay, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Rumble, all over the place. And get my good newsletter so we can stay in touch and avoid the big censorship from a big tech. Justin Barclay, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y.com slash good news. Program.